Hi, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Jesse Gutierrez, pastor at Mercy Hill Church in Chula Vista. It's our prayer to bring you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. To know more about our ministry, you can visit our webpage, mercyhillcv.com. You can also find us on social media by searching Mercy Hill CV. If you enjoyed today's message, please leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. God bless. This is to build a new foundation and tear down the old ones. Now, I remember years ago hearing about a company that suddenly had a disruption in the workflow that left many without a job. Maybe you remember this morning as I talk about this, but in the year 2007, here in San Diego in downtown, there was this project on Market and 16th. And this project, what they were doing is they were going to build a new tower and they were actually building other projects, but they were building this tower. And I, during that time, I was, you know, in the construction field. And um, as I was doing that, there was a there was a uh, an excavation going on. So there was an excavation going on, and one of the grade checkers noticed a small patch of white material exposed at the corner of a large pit where they were building this new foundation. So they were digging and digging, and this, this person would come in, and he would look at the gray to make sure that, you know, the sediment and everything, the, the rock that they had gone through and everything was correct, you know, everything was as planned. And he noticed this white spot, this white material. They brought in the specialists, and they came in to take a, take a look. The white material would be identified as a large tusk from a mammoth. So at this point, it didn't matter the the, the contract size, the millions and millions of dollars that were at risk, right? The, 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 The project schedule didn't matter anymore. It wasn't about, and no one was concerned about who was going to be sent home and not work for weeks, months. The project was on a halt until everybody came, the specialists, and everybody came to excavate that tusk. Now, it didn't matter who was in charge. No boss with authority could come in and try to, you know, keep the project moving forward, right? Or, or the loss, the loss on, on the, the dollars that were being moved and, and the schedules didn't matter anymore, so they removed the tusk from the site. And it turns out that, you know, here in San Diego, especially in downtown, they found like, a, you know, tusks throughout all of downtown. So there were some, a lot of mammoths around here. So um, as I read this story, I began to make the connection. And this is the connection I began to make when I was reading the story of Gideon. And we'll get to those points here. On how many times that we try to build upon things that the Lord wants us to remove from our lives first. Many times we want to build and we want to build and we want God to do things in our life. And many times we can't move any further. Many times we can't continue. We can't go any further until that old fossil is removed. 
How many, how many of you guys know what I'm talking about? That old fossil that surfaces up. God is, God is digging in our lives and doing something new in our lives. And, and the Holy Spirit is in our life. And, and good things are happening. Everything is, is great. The, the, the schedule is, is going as planned. But then that old fossil shows up. And everything has to stop. Everything has to come to a stop. And, and you know, many times we, we reach that situation in our lives where it seems like nothing is moving forward anymore. We're in this place where maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel like, you know, I, I can't move past this old fossil. I can't move past this situation. I can't move past because it always comes back to that fossil that just comes up. Every time God starts doing something in my life. And I want to tell you this morning that God brings us to this place. It's not that God is done with you. Because many times when we reach a situation like this and we feel stuck or we feel like, you know, that old fossil is coming up to the surface again. And we don't want to think about it. We want to suppress it. We want to put it in the back of our minds. But but. It comes to the forefront, and we don't want to deal with that old fossil. And many times we think that because we're in this situation, and maybe you feel discouraged this morning. Maybe you feel like, you know, man, I, I just, I, I can't get over this. It's because God is bringing it to the surface. And if God's bringing it to the surface, it's because he wants to remove it. Now, Gideon had an encounter with God. And we all, you know, kind of talked about that last Sunday. After God, God calls Gideon from where he was hiding, right? He was hiding in the wine press from the enemy. Gideon goes to prepare a food offering for the angel of the Lord that had met him. And this is where we're going to pick up in Judges uh, chapter 6, verse 20. And it reads like this. The angel of God said to him, take the meat. And the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock and pour the broth over them. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord stretched out the tip of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived or he realized that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace, or Yahweh Shalom. Now, before God was going to reveal his plan to Gideon, he first was going to have an encounter with him. Now, before Gideon was going to be used to bring hope and freedom to others, he first had to have an experience with God. And this is what we see happening in this place. So God calls Gideon. He says, oh, mighty man of valor, calls him when he was hiding, trying to survive. And so he calls him. Now that he's called him, Gideon is like, He's kind of shook and unprepared. He's like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. So he goes and runs and brings a, a meat offering and a, and, a, and a bread offering. 
to the angel of the Lord. And so, you guys ever been in that kind of situation? Unexpected guests? Oh, I better, I better run and go do something. I better, you know, honey, go to the store and grab this, you know. And, you know, that's kind of like what I imagined. Gideon was like, oh, I wasn't expecting, you know, God to come and, 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 and visit me. So I better go and, and get something. And so this is kind of what we see going on here. But see, many times we want God to move on our behalf, right? The, the, the children of Israel here, they were, they were uh, says they were oppressed by the enemy. So God chooses Gideon. And so before God even does what he wants to do through Gideon, he first has an encounter with Gideon. And this is what we see here. See, we want God to move on our behalf. I want God to move on my behalf. And we, I want God to do things for me and for others. God, I want you to touch this person. I want you to, to, to heal this person. I want you to move in my life. But many times what God wants to do first is have an encounter with us, a personal encounter with us before he reveals his plan. And we see this in scripture. We see that before God called Saul to be known as Paul the Apostle, it was Saul the murderer of Christians that would have an encounter with Jesus Christ while he was on the road to Damascus. We also see that before leading God's people to freedom, Moses would have an encounter with God at the burning bush. We also see that when Isaiah the prophet, when he had an encounter with God through a vision where he was able to see the throne, throne room of God, it says in, in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5, he says, Woe is me for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of unclean unclean lips, of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. When Isaiah had a, a revelation and he had an encounter with God, he saw how wretched he was. There was a revelation, an encounter. When we have an encounter with God, there is a revelation of who God is, and because we are able to experience the holiness of God, our sin is brought up to the surface. That old fossil is brought up to the surface. Not to shame us or condemn us, but to free us from the guilt and shame so that God's plan is made clear. Now, God wants to have this encounter with us. He, he wants to have this personal relationship with us. And, and the reason why I believe it is because our eyes are so carnal. Our eyes see everything in the natural, and, and it's hard for us to see things in the spiritual. So therefore, when we have this encounter of God, it's like our eyes are, are refocused. And we're able to see what God wants to do. Imagine, imagine if Joshua, when he had that encounter with the angel of the Lord, and imagine when, when God told him, Joshua, I want you to march around this city once for, for six days. And on the seventh day, the walls would fall. Imagine if he saw that through the, our, his carnal eyes. That's, that's a crazy idea. That's, you know, imagine the man that Jesus healed that was blind and, and said, you know, Jesus, heal me. And so Jesus spits on the floor and makes some mud. Imagine if he saw that. Well, he wouldn't be able to see, but imagine if he was just thinking about what was happening. He was like, man, that's how is that going to heal me? How, how, is, how is that going to do any good? See, when we see through eyes of flesh, 
we can't see the plan of God. It, it just doesn't make sense to us. And, and you know what? Throughout the Bible, God's ideas in our humanistic nature are crazy, are, are just out there. And many times God, he wants to reveal his plan to you, but the reason why he doesn't is because if he told you, you probably wouldn't believe it. That's the reality. Because see, God wants to deal with our flesh. He wants to have that encounter with us so that when his plan is revealed to us, we're seeing it through the eyes of the spirit, not through our eyes of the flesh. Sometimes we can be so in a rush just tell me what I need to do, God. Just, just move in this situation. You know, we're, we're such in a hurry. Lord, just, just do this, do this, do this, do this. But God wants to first stop us and have an encounter with him. Because when you're changed from the inside, you'll see things different on the outside. Therefore, when his plans are revealed, you will see through the eyes of the spirit and not through the eyes of the flesh. And so, because Gideon had this encounter with the angel of the Lord and did not die, he built an altar to God, it says. And he called it Yahweh Shalom, which is translated, the Lord is my peace. Now, my first reaction to why Gideon built this altar and called it, the Lord is peace, is this. Gideon just had an encounter with God. Something that he was not mentally or spiritually prepared for. Matter of fact, he left the encounter to go have, to go find a suitable offering. He wasn't prepared for it. And once he got back and perceived that he had seen the angel of the Lord face to face, he knew it meant sudden death. Now, I want to stop there for a moment. I'm not going to get into the weeds with this, but in the Old Testament, before Jesus came on the scene... There is this angel of the Lord that appears throughout the Old Testament. And in my opinion, and what many people believe, is that the angel of the Lord is the pre-existence of Jesus Christ. It is because, see, Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he, he wasn't just born 2,000 years ago and, and was created. No, he existed from the very beginning. Jesus Christ is God. The Holy Spirit Jesus and God, the, 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 the Trinity, they're three in one. And Jesus Christ existed. It says that through him all things were made on the earth. And so when we see this angel of the Lord that appears and has these encounters with people, many people believe this was Jesus, the preexistence of Jesus Christ throughout the Old Testament. And I personally believe that. Amen? But the revelation of Jesus Christ wasn't until he came and became man and, and was born and, and, and died on the cross. And that is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so we see here that the angel Lord, he, he disappeared. He consumed the offering with fire and then, and then disappeared. And so the reason why Gideon thought this was certain death is because in the Old Testament, if anybody saw God face to face, they were going to die. And the reason why they were going to die is because nobody uh, can stand before the holiness of God and survive and live. And so the reason why Gideon survived is because God had grace upon Gideon. God spared him. So if Gideon, with all his error, his sin, his mistakes and failures, 
had an encounter with God, with the God of all creation, an encounter with the holiness of God and didn't die on the spot, then this could only mean one thing. If God, knowing everything about me, allowed me to live, then who can do anything to me? And so this was a peace. This was a a, a peace that just settled in his heart. You know what? I know this peace. Because I live life this way and, and we live life this way. You know, it doesn't matter what people can do to me. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. My life is secure with God. My life is at peace with the Lord. He, he knows me. He knows my frame. He knows my failures. He knows what I'm going to do tomorrow, next week. He knows how many times I'm going to fall tomorrow. He knows everything about me. He, time is before his presence, and he knows the past, and he knows the future. And even knowing all of this, he says, I chose you. And because God chose us and has sealed us with the Holy Spirit, there's a peace in our lives. And so when, when Gideon had this encounter with God, and after knowing and after having this revelation, I just had an encounter with God. I, I wasn't even prepared for it. I didn't have a, a second to go repent and get right. I, I didn't have a week maybe to go through seminary and, and hang out with the priest and, and, and get my life a little holy. He didn't have any time. God said, I'm going to meet you right there, right in your situation, right where you stand with, with all your faults and all your failures. I'm going to meet you. And how many, you know what, that has happened to all of us. We've all been in a situation where we weren't seeking God. We weren't looking for God. We, we, we wanted nothing to do with God. And God had an encounter with us and said, I'm going to choose you. Even though you weren't looking for me, even though you weren't ready, I'm going to have an encounter with you. And that's what happened to Gideon. He wasn't prepared for it. And because he wasn't prepared and realized what had just taken place, he said, I'm building an altar right here. God is peace. God's not here to destroy me. God's not here to, to ridicule me. He's not here to shame me. He's not here to condemn me. God is showing up in my life because he has a plan for me, and that brings a peace in my heart. Amen. So let's continue in the story. So after he has this encounter with God, then comes the challenge. See, many People, many Christians are called. I have a calling of God. I, I'm called. But many times it stops at the calling. See, God wants, to, God wants to call you. He wants to have an encounter with you. And then he wants to commission you. But how many times, how sad it is, is many Christians only stop at the calling. God called me. I have a call upon my life. God has called me to do something. God has called me, called me, called me. God wants to have an encounter with you. And he wants to commission you. He wants you to do what he's calling you to do. And so here in, in, uh, in chapter 6, verse 25, it says, At night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull and the, se and the second bull of seven years old and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has cut down and the Asherah that is beside it. So just really, really quick, what are we talking about here? So God is telling him, 
in layman's terms, go to your father's house and those idols that he has there, you're going to destroy them. The Asherah pole was, was a pole, was a wooden pole or a tree that was in, in, in the household or in the, in the city. And the Asherah, what that was, was a, a, a goddess of fertility. And uh, it represented the, the sexual immorality of the culture. It was the, the loose uh, way of thinking and the, the freedom that, that uh, uh, you know, free will of the culture. And it had to do with immorality. And, and to, today it existed also in our culture. And the Baal, what that is, it just simply means lower, lowercase lord. And it came in many forms and many different types. It could have been the sun, the moon, God. It could have been so many different gods. But that word Baal just means that there was an idol there that everybody worshipped. It was a, a, a god that people idolized. And so God says, I want you to go to your father's house and I want you to tear down that very thing that everybody's worshipping and that goddess that everybody is is worshiping as well, tear it down too. And it says in verse 26, and build an altar of the Lord your God on top of the stronghold here with stones laid in due order and take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you shall cut down. So Gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, so he did it by night. Now, I, I want to conclude my message today. and I'm going to try to wrap this up in the next 10 minutes here. Is I want to focus on three main points that we can see here in this story. Now, the first point is that Gideon first built an altar, right? The Lord is peace. Then the Lord instructed him to tear down the idols in his father's house. So the point I want to make here is that before Gideon could ever make a change in his own life, he first had to have an encounter with the living God and establish an altar to God. So in other words, you know, many people today have this idea that, oh, if I go to church... If I commit to God, if I give my heart to God, right? This is the, this is the heart and the, the perception of the, of the person that doesn't know Jesus. Oh, man, if I have to give my life to Jesus, man, I got to give up all these things. And I got to do all these things. And I got to start living right. And I got to start, you know, doing all the. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But see, what we see here is that Gideon wasn't ready. And when God called him and had an encounter with him, what did Gideon do? He set up an altar. He said, Lord, I'm going to serve you. And then after he established that, then God put him to work. Okay, now you're going to clean up the mess. See, many times we have this, this, this idea that we need to do so many things right before God uses us, before God does something in our lives. But the reality is, is that God just wants you to commit. He just wants you to say, yes, God, I'm ready. Yes, Lord, uh, here's, here's the altar in my home, Lord. Here it is. I'm, I'm, my house is yours. My family is yours. Man, we, we, we set up that altar. God, boom, here you are, established. And then God says, okay, now I want you to go and destroy those idols. See, 
Gideon first built the altar, then God commissioned him to do the work. And I see that here. Now, I believe that there would be no problem having another shrine, another altar. See that he, you know, he did it by night because he was afraid of the people. But I bet you if he went throughout the day and, and, and just brought this altar that God wanted him to make and put it right next to the Asherah pole or right next to the Baal, right there, I'm sure there wouldn't be a problem because in the culture of that time, it was common to just have all these gods and worship. Oh, I worship this God. You worship that God. And it's all great. It's all good. You know, there's no problem with that. But see, that's not what God told him to do. He said to tear down and destroy the God that everyone is worshiping and establish a new altar. That was going to upset a lot of people. See, the Bible teaches us that we serve a jealous God. This means that God cannot be shared. Can, he, your heart cannot be shared with other gods. God cannot be shared. Uh, you know, his, his love and, and, and your heart need to be 100% and it cannot be divided. That is, that is what God commands of us. Just like he commanded to Gideon. He said, go and, and destroy those idol, idols and establish my presence there, my altar there. Now, another point with this story is that when God moves in, the squatters must go. Now, a squatter is a person who settles or occupies a piece of property with no legal claim to the property. A squatter lives on a property to which they have no title, no right, no lease. We're kind of familiar with that term, right? In our, in, our, in our society, right, you have these people that come in, and, and it's actually a kind of a problem right now where they come in and, they, and they, 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 they take over this home that they don't own, they have no right to. And, and the city has a hard time kicking them out, right, because they're protected and all this stuff. So, but, but they don't own the home. They just go in and they, they make themselves at home. And, you know, how many times have we just allowed things into our life that have no legal claim to our heart? have no legal claim to our mind, but, but we allow them to come in and become squatters and just, and just make their home there and, and establish themselves there. And, and many times we're just entertaining thoughts that are, that, that are squatters, thoughts that just come into our lives or, or ideas or, or habits or things or, or addictions or certain, so many things that just come into our lives that have just become squatters, have taken over our heart with no legal claim, no right. But see, when, when God comes in, when the Holy Spirit moves into our lives, the squatters have to go. Amen. The second point is, like Gideon, we have also been called to build an altar. We've been called this morning. To build an altar just like Gideon. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh. Meaning even though we're human beings. With nature and, and everything. Even though we're just normal people. We are not waging a war according to the flesh. Meaning that you know if there's, if there's a problem. You know we're not going to bring out our guns and, and stuff. And, and go to war that way. It says in verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. See, God has called you and I this morning 
And he has commissioned us to destroy strongholds. You know, if, if there is a, in, in other words, you have every right to go to your home today and say, God, your presence is going to dwell here now. And, and any stronghold, any, any family tradition, any, anything that existed, maybe, maybe there was a, a depression in the home. Maybe there was something just kind of making things heavy at home. We have every right as Christians to come into our bedroom, come into our living room and say, whatever was there has to leave in Jesus' name. And God's presence has, is going to be established here. God's, you know, when people come into my home, they're going to feel the presence of God. And Lord, your presence, there's going to be an altar right here. And every, everything, every weight, every, every demonic influence, everything that is trying to linger here has to leave in Jesus' name. We have that authority, the scripture says. We have that authority. God has called us and he has commissioned us to destroy strongholds. If there's a stronghold in your life, if there's a stronghold in your home, you have the authority in, through Jesus Christ to destroy those strongholds. Christianity is more than a church, right? It's more than a church. We have authority. We are commissioned by God to not only tear down the old things that had us bound, but to establish a new altar a new foundation. God wants our lives to be established on him. Many try to build a new altar without tearing down the old altars. And it just doesn't work. As we read, as we, as we uh, uh, you know, a couple of Sunday, Sundays ago, we talked about how David was transporting the Ark of the Covenant on, on, on customs of pagan worship on this cart. And it wasn't going to work. That's not the way God had designed it. And see, see, God um, is, is a jealous God, and God requires us as Christians to tear down the strongholds and to establish new altars so that the foundation is established in our lives. And God can do what he wants to do. Amen? Now, the last point I want to talk about here in closing is this. Just as the sacrifice of the bull, right, because Gideon had to bring, you know, these bulls along with what God had commanded him to do. And the reason why Gideon had to do that is because as soon as he was done tearing down the strongholds, as soon as he was done tearing them down and establishing God's presence, God's altar there, God said, I want you to sacrifice these animals on the altar as a sin sacrifice. See, the bulls represented all the sins, all the failures of the past that we must come to term with on the altar of God. This, is, this was a way of covering the sins before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, before Jesus died on the cross, there had to be an animal sacrifice for the covering of sin. And so God was telling Gideon, in my own words, you're going to tear down the sins of your father and your sins. You're going to bring two bulls and you're going to build these new altars. And once you've done that, once you've established, once you've committed, then you're going to bring your sin to the altar. And what you're going to do, Gideon, is you're going to repent of all the failures of the past because you're, because you're not going to carry them. 
moving forward. See, many times as Christians, you know, we've come into a relationship with Christ. He's called us, right? He's called us. And, and many times we've, we've, we've been commissioned. But so many times we, we miss that last step and we still carry the burden of our mistakes and our failures. We still carry the things that God wants to say, you know what, it's time that I want you to just burn it at the altar. Leave all your mistakes, all your failures. I'm not holding you accountable I'm not holding you accountable to all those mistakes, but yet you hold on to them and you carry them. And so what God wants to do is he wants us to tear down those old altars, that old fossil that keeps on coming up and, 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 and rising to the surface as, as the Holy Spirit begins to excavate and dig and, and remove all the stuff out of our lives. And there comes that fossil Showing up its ugly head. And what God wants to do is he wants to say, okay, now it's time to deal with it. Just like he told Gideon. Gideon, I, now that I've called you, now that I've had an encounter with you, now it's time to deal with those issues. And you're not going to deal with it in the means of you have to go and, you know, jump through hoops to feel better about yourself. You have to. Crawl on your knees so that you can feel that you've paid your dues. When we deal with our sin, the only thing that we're doing is saying, Lord, I've carried this too long. I've carried this weight and this burden way too long. I'm going to put it right here on the altar. I'm going to lay it right here. You know, it, it could happen here at church. It can happen in the privacy of our home where we say, Lord... Here it is. I'm going to establish your presence right here, your altar right here, Lord, and I'm going to lay all my weight, all my mistakes, all my failures right here on the altar, Lord. When we take our spiritual place as a believer, we have to bring every fossil, every sin, every past failure to the altar. Amen.